faster than expected. Abrupt climate change and the consequences for us and other living beings on our Earth. No one should be alone in the greatest challenge of our time. Thanks to Laura Upshaw for African Drum Dance on YouTube. Here's your host, Wolfgang Werminghausen. Hello and welcome everybody who is listening to this episode about living and dying in India. And a warm welcome to Jürgen Hornschuh. Jürgen is German as well, so you can enjoy our German accent here in this worldwide podcast. Since some years, Jürgen is living in India in the small town Auroville. There he is working as a farmer and librarian. He loves books and so yet voluntarily translated some books into German during his holidays. Some thick books, for example from Charles Eisenstein, and some novels. We got to know each other as he asked me to look through the text of a translation project in the field of abrupt climate change. Jürgen, would you please tell us a little how you are living in India? Yeah, sure. Hello, Wolfgang. And uh, it's a pleasure to, uh, pleasure talking to you. Um, somehow funny feeling to, to have a German conversation with an, uh, an English conversation with another German, but, uh, I'm used to it from, from Oroville. And yeah, mm. still it's a bit special to me. Um, yeah, living in India. So, that's that's where i feel feel home now uh, i i once decided to move there because i felt a strong um i i felt repelled by germany somehow i, I didn't see a future for myself in in germany and i i found i had an idea of what i wanted to do and i found that place to be uh suitable um so Though it was not about me alone, it was about finding a place in the world where, where I could contribute um, in a meaningful way, not just, you know, assembling parts or keep the machine going, um, but doing something that has a meaning for my community. And yeah, building up a community in the first place. So the part of that idea was to... Um, do as much as possible in the field of let's say physical production um or sustaining oneself um which en encompasses all all the things that that help with um meeting our needs like mm -hmm. food and temperature control and all that kind of stuff. Um, so this, the setup of Auroville allows a lot of, or, or is open, is very liberal, I'd say, in, in the traditional sense of liberal, where you can do a lot of things spontaneously and experiment with um, ways of life or, or doing things. And, um, yeah, that, that made it attractive. And, and at the same time, I can contribute to, to the well-being of Oroville as a community and to, especially to the people I am with there. So, and, and part of this 
sustaining oneself a little bit more directly than uh, making money and going to the supermarket um, mm -hmm. was go going to a farm, you know, because it starts with food. I think it's one of the most basic needs you, you have. Yes. And so um, moving to a farm and not only working there, but living there, being embedded in, in the place, building up a relationship with the place, with the people who are working and living there and the animals that are there um, and, and make it a, a, a round, as we say in German, a round thing. I don't know. I don't know if that's, no, I don't know. His <laughs> uh, uh, English listeners uh, can understand that, but that's how it feels, you know. Now, now you found yourself feeding goats and uh, being in the garden and uh, things like that. Yeah, it's uh, actually I found out I'm not not that green. A person as I had hoped I'd become. <laughs> uh, my family is traditionally f a farming family, not, uh, I, but um, it didn't come to me naturally. Um, mm. I was rather repelled when I was young by this work and uh, being out in the sun and the heat and all that. You know, it was easier just sitting at the table and consuming. Mm. Um, but I enjoy being out there and doing small things. And while I'm not uh, the first to ask uh, how to plant this or how to um, maintain that crop, um, I, I like helping with bringing a crop about. And uh, I, I, I find joy mostly in, in uh, building relationship with the with the animals, with our farm animals, like like the goats you mentioned. Mm. We have. Uh, for adult and uh, five young goats. And uh, we have cows, um, five cows and some of the calves. We have chickens and they, they need attention. You know, you can't, uh, you can't just have them there and, and think you, you don't need to care for them. And it's, it's just, you know, cheap Uh, a cheap uh, crop going to the cow and, and uh, harvesting the milk, milking them. Um, it's not like that. They need a lot of uh, care. Mm. And, and I like that as, uh, a lot, including cleaning up the shit. <laughs> <laughs> On the other side, you care for yourself and for, for your side, uh, for your intellectual side uh, in the library. Yes, so my typical day starts uh, when when the first rays of light brighten the sky, and I I get up, um, I drink a glass of water, and then I start my day looking after the animals, and basically the whole morning is spent uh, with tasks around the animals and helping other the other uh, community members in the farm with their tasks. Um, around lunchtime, I go to the library and um, I'm, I'm a cataloger there. Uh, it's one of the things that I studied. So I have a diploma in, in librarianship and uh, it, it just happened that so that after 25 years, uh, I found a job somewhere in a library <laughs> and that was in Oroville. 
So after the library, um, the day at the library is finished, I go back to the farm and there's another round of things that are to be done. And yeah, we at the, by the end of the day, when the sun goes down, we meet, we have a meal together, we, we talk. And uh, yeah, so that's that's my day. And in, in spare times, like when when there's an hour or so left, I write blog or I, I look into, I'm reading books or I, I start translating them if I like them. So far, I've I've done five books, and um, I I choose them by just by how they appeal to me. Um, most important for me is that they point into the future and depict the future that is somehow possible. You know, mm. the showing a path to somewhere where we could go, and. Um, Charles Eisenstein uh, did a great job and still does a great job at um, pointing out that that there is more to life than the facts and figures and and the things you can touch and feel. So um, he he can foresee a, a future even even if others don't, and it's not just you know. Um, uh, some kind of um, hope, mm-hmm. but um, based on on what he uh, based on his spirituality and and things he can see, uh, trends he can see, and and seeds that he he notices in our world that that could germinate into something else. Yes, and I think uh, all of us also based on a long-time vision of a social, spiritual, and ecological community. And yes. some 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 months ago, I think last year, you have come across the ideas of Guy McPherson, and during some weeks you absorbed uh, these concepts of abrupt climate change and near-term human extinction. And uh, this must have fallen on fertile ground you you were very fast to absorb this and uh, are you a radical thinker yeah i would say so um well i i found out that that uh, it it depends on what you uh define how you define radical and um we both agree that definition from guy I, I agree with that definition that we are going to the root yes. as radical thinkers. Um, but I found out that the root can go almost infinitely deep. Hmm. And um, it's, it's just a matter of how deep are you able and willing to go. There's always something beyond that um, that we haven't noticed yet. So that is is a, a never-ending um, story to follow, going to the mm-hmm. root. But uh, I take joy in this, in this and um, I, I've been wondering all my life what's going on around me, and I never, you know, I never managed to to see the whole picture. That was 
That was what what I was looking for was the the big picture, and it it took me almost forty years to to get my first holistic view of things. It was a more technocratic view where where technology would solve many things and where we could would wake up and organize ourselves a little bit more uh, re reasonably. Um, mm -hmm. But I found out that. This is not a very likely outcome of, of our history and our present. Um, but yeah, I would say I'm a radical thinker. Mm -hmm. And uh, McPherson um, rang a bell. So there were, there were observations that made me think something, uh, something is so wrong here that it's not going to last. It cannot last. This, these things we are doing are absolutely destructive and you can only go so far and then you're at the end of, of your ability to do anything, including destroy. And nevertheless, when I, when I heard of his, his uh, prog prognosis or his outlook, it, it, <laughs> it was a strong moment. It was a shocking moment, of course, but it took me only days to to accept that this is uh, very probable. Hmm. That that this is not survivable, not survivable. Maybe in India you're a little more in touch uh, with extreme weather and climate cars. And since some years, there are mass uh, suicides from farmers. I think you're living in, in a country where you can, can feel the ongoing crisis very close. Mm -hmm. Would you please tell us how people in India deal with extreme weather events? Yeah, you mentioned the mass suicides. They're um, quite uh, a, a regular um, phenomenon there, and um, there's not much of a of a rise, rising or falling of, of numbers in this. So I'm, I'm not sure whether we could say that uh, climate change contributed much to to the. Uh, suicide phenomenon that that we notice there, um, mm. but uh, certainly there is um, there is concern about uh, extreme weather events like droughts. There were two years of of monsoon failing of the monsoon failing, and um. It's it's not clear what to do as a farmer. You know, you, you try to to plant a crop, but you you can't rely on the monsoon. So you don't know how how much water you should give, or should you plant at all, or should you plant later or earlier? And this accumulates accumulates all over the country, and then you have lots of tomatoes there that nobody wants to buy, and The next year you just you decide against tomatoes, then nobody has them, um, and the the prices are ten times or twenty times of what they've been last year, mm. and um, so people don't know how to react to it, 
And I, I'm not sure also that Indians are aware of, of this being a, a, a long-term phenomenon of climate change being something that is increasingly going to going to hit them. But there's a movement there. It's, it's building up. There's pages like Ecologize um, that or Down to Earth that try to promote knowledge about um, about this future. Mm -hmm. um, now, um, climate change is at many points beyond tipping points and there are lots of reinforcing feedback loops driving changes in an exponential way. The habitat of most animals on Earth, including humans, may be lost in a handful of years. With this in mind, you still choose India as a home, as your home. I'm curious uh, what you are thinking about where your home is and where you may die. In other words, how to live with death in mind. <laughs> That's a good question. And uh, I should, I, I think everybody should uh, ask themselves this question. Mm. I, I, f I strongly feel that there is not much of a difference between Germany or India or Australia or Africa somewhere or wherever you, you are. Um, we, we don't know what's going to hit us one day. Um, I mean, I, I might, I might be hit by a bus tomorrow. Mm. Um, Or some some uh, storm is is taking me away. We we don't know that, and it can happen to you in Germany as well as in India. Uh, I I feel very much at home with India because we're in India because I I have been welcomed there, and it's it's a place where I can feel free in a way that I couldn't in Germany. So this mm. is where where my home is. And uh, I would prefer to be there, whatever happens. Mm. That sounds like home in India. Yes. Course. I think we come to an end. And thank you very much, Jürgen, for this pleasant conversation. Maybe we can can say our listeners that now in this moment, in this weeks, you are in Germany. Yes. So we don't have this worldwide conversation, not really in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's better to do it like this uh, when when both are in Germany because the the web in India is still uh, a bit brittle. Yes, we we had some experiences <laughs> with yeah, that. Yeah. It's it's fine if you want to have a personal conversation, but it's not uh, safe enough for uh, for recordings, I guess. Okay, so uh, bye bye from Münster to the Schwarzwald, <laughs> yeah. Black Forest, and uh, a little bit to India today. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take you in my mind to India and uh, we'll we'll talk from there once I'm back. Thank you for yes. interviewing me. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See you, Wolfgang. 
Faster than expected. Thanks to Laura Upshaw for African Drum Dance on YouTube. If you like my podcast, please write a comment and give me a like on SoundCloud. You'll find a link and more information on my website xwer.de slash podcast. Take care.